Anime your friendship hour. Anime your friendship. Anime your friendship hour. Anime your friendship. It's so off. Oh no. Oh no, I mean like you are off with the music that I'm hearing. Right. Because the phone is delayed. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. We'll fix it. Hey, welcome. <laughs> welcome to Anime and Friendship Hour. Welcome. This, this is a show where we watch anime and we are um, friends. Yes. And we do own a ship. <laughs> it's The ship you is falling notice, apart but... and we're doing our best to keep it together. <laughs> the ship had a lot more complicated this week, didn't it? It got really, really complicated. Um, so check-ins. Check-in China. Thank you for coming down this way. I hope you had a fun trip. Because uh, me and a few of the studio dwellers moved to SoCal this this week. I was just about to say, I did not realize you busted into my apartment and took several chickens and... <laughs> yeah, I just don't... You know, you're just... You got your hands filled with the cats. Yeah, I, I, I think I, they love you more. Yeah, I, I think it's fair that I get custody of the chickens, of the chicken and the parrot and the the birds. All I have is the ghost dog from that one lame time I tried to do. So <laughs> that was too high concept. Uh, so yeah, big news: you moved. Yes, I now live in the city of Corona, Riverside County, not Anaheim, like I told everyone and myself I was going to live in. Yeah, but you can still say you just moved to LA, right? Like it, yeah, the bottom of the state is Los Angeles, right? Here's the thing about LA is you could say you live in LA, but every part of LA that you want to be in is like an hour and a half away. It's every the the, the distance between two points is always an hour and a half no matter what where you're going, yeah. where you're coming from. I have no idea how I'm going to schedule things. I have my biggest concern is how the fuck am I going to like do makeup in the morning when I go to a job? <laughs> I mean, I guess I could just like slowly transition from my interview, of course, having makeup look to like sickly non makeup. But <laughs> don't you just gonna get one of those uh, Elon Musk tubes, and then uh, you'll have eight and a half minutes to do makeup as you go 200 miles an hour underneath the hills? Yeah. Or that, that's maybe next I, year, but that should be any time. Honestly, now, right? I was driving around. I was like, you know what? This would be fine if I didn't have to be the one driving. Yeah. If I had like self-driving car, we'd be chill. So you've been there what? Less than a week? Have you done anything? Uh, what's, what's? Are you okay? What's going on? Are you let's dead? Let's see. What have I done? <laughs> I've gone to several places that are at least twenty minutes away just to get like. You can't like get groceries without going twenty minutes out. <laughs> Has LA changed you yet? I'm more depressed. No. <laughs> <laughs> How's your attitude towards non-coastal people? Um, non-coast. Oh, I I think they're trash, garbage. So, okay, ugh, so the I same as before. Just yeah. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna have to do the podcast by the cityly, and it will probably have to go through many technological changes. Uh, just like we're starting over yeah. again. <laughs> um, I mean. I'm definitely going to learn how to make myself look better in camera photos because I'm going to have to look at myself this whole time. <laughs> That's the hardest part. Yeah. Cody, can I get a check-in from you? How have you been doing? Um, Not much to report. All my friends left me and I'm alone. <laughs> uh, the most exciting thing, and this is really sad but also very true, 
uh, is that the Borderlands 3 trailer came out. <laughs> and I'm not, like, big into the trailer culture. I'm not like, oh, God, it's the Avengers 5. But, like, I've watched this trailer five times. Like, I'm this game took 10 years to come out. I am so hyped. Uh, it'll be out in September. We're playing through the old one again, or for the first time, and uh, I don't. It's just it's a game that gets attitude right, and it just it's fun having friends with guns shooting colored monster blobs, <laughs> and it's just it knows what it's doing, and it does it so well, and I'm so happy. Then now, which know. one is Borderlands again? It's the uh, cell shaded cartoony, but it's very like um wasteland, post apocalyptic, crazy people with hockey masks on with chainsaws like coming at you. But then it's like not gory; it's all cartoony and comic booky looking. And then they always have, like, the most kick-ass soundtrack ever. And so, I don't know. It, it's been out of the public sphere for about 10 years. So, it's, I'm not sure if oh, you wow. remember it. But now it's back, baby. And they got, like, ads on Twitch and shit. And I don't know. It just it feels just right. And it's, uh, uh, it looks cool. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't nerded out about, like, a, a game like this in a while. And I, I feel like I'm 20 again. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm never going to get that again until there's another Metal Gear Solid. Right, yeah, it's kind of like that. Like, it's been that long. And it was like, it wasn't even clear if this was going to keep happening because it's been so long. And so, um, they all they had to do was make two huge commercial failures. And then everyone looked at their hands and said, <laughs> let's go back to making the thing that we're good at, right? And then it's like, thank you, Christ. Um, <laughs> so maybe Kojima does that after uh, whatever Dead Baby Soup game he's making is sucks. Oh, Dead Baby Soup <laughs> game is going to be amazing. There's no, no, There's no it, possible way that's a flop of the game about the babies um, in the jars. I, <laughs> Yeah, because it's unfiltered Kojima, which is what everyone loves about Metal Gear. You're just getting the stuff straight now. Yeah, that's true. I'm I, I'm excited for it, but I mean, I I can't put a hundred percent bet that it's gonna work. No, it's gonna be perfect. Okay. Game of the year. Agree to disagree. Game of the century. It's going up against Borderlands Three. It can't be Game of the Year. Um, anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll get well, more. Well, well, let's be fair to Kojima. It's probably gonna get delayed or something. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, well, we'll get more updates on your exciting new life uh, in episodes as we go forward. Okay. So this week... Yeah, it was a special episode in its content as well. Yes, so we didn't do anime, but anime-adjacent content. Mm. We uh, both watched the documentary Jiro, Dreams of Sushi, yeah. and we went to the oldest restaurant in San Jose... Um, food dad approved Minato's. Minato's. So Minato. Is it Min? Mean, I don't know if it's... Does Minato own it, or is it just Minato? I don't know. Oh, it is just Minato. Yeah, I guess. I was I was putting a pass for yes on there that was not in there. Uh, so, yeah, this is the Anthony Bourdain uh, stop on, um, not no reservations, uh, Parts Unknown. And it's super old, and it's just a family sushi restaurant. Uh, it's not even a sushi restaurant, though, even. I mean, they do serve sushi, but it's mostly just, like, general Japanese food. It's yeah. Most of it... It's not quite yoshoku, which is like Japanese equivalent of Western food, ah. but it's not like traditional, traditional Japanese food. Right. And yeah, it's like, it's not a huge menu. Like, it's not one of those like, like fucking uh, Cheesecake Factory uh, sushi places that have oh, like no. 100 million rolls and stuff like that. It's kind of like, here's our seven rolls. They're all pretty awesome, right? And you go, all right. And it's nice. Like, each roll's just a fish, and that's the characteristic of that roll. Yeah. Kind of back to basics. I don't know. Maybe they just never got radicalized by, like, the Western sushi uh, crazy white people being like, we must do the craziest, largest rolls that are sliced thin and have 100 million ingredients. And I don't know. I hate, I both hate and love white people sushi. <laughs> That's whole thing. Oh, God. Uh, so it, so many... If it's Tex-Mex, what is it? What is the equivalent here? Is it uh, a bouge sushi? 
Bushu. Like um, bourgeois, but <laughs> Bushu. <laughs> I feel like I came up with a fun word for it that involved the word weeb, but I don't remember what it is. Oh, seshweeby. Okay. <laughs> Bushi. Uh, um, anyways, uh, yeah, it was actually just, like, really nice, simple food. It's, it's just straight-up family restaurant. Little kids screaming and kicking and running around, be ready for that. Oh, yeah. But otherwise, pretty solid, pretty authentic, uh, San Jose. Friend of the show, um, and her own person, and your wife, Amy, got touched by a child. Yes, just straight-up grabbed her neck from behind. Crazy, creepy, oh, weird. God. But, <laughs> it recommended, four stars on Yelp. Yeah, and it's, like, super cheap, too. Yeah. Yeah, the, the place we've been going, just because it's in walking distance, is Bluefin downtown, and that place is expensive and a little less authentic, uh, and they have terrible drinks. But we keep going there, because uh, you can just walk. Uh, and so Okay, I, I keep on getting drinks there and thinking they're being cool and nice, because they have, like, lychee and stuff, and cucumber, and, like, all the fancy kind of shit I like, but then they are terrible, and I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. They're, they got everything going with them, they have cool ingredients, they cost $145,000, and then it's just like, oh, this just kind of tastes bad. <laughs> like I don't know yeah. if the person making it like knows what it's supposed to taste like. Well, get a bartender. Just get yeah. a good bartender. So as far as sushi rankings in San Jose, we've had two, and uh, we can rank them pretty clearly. Uh, Minato Japanese Restaurant on the top, and Bluefin coming in last place at two. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Santa Clara is where a lot of good uh, sushi places are in strip malls, and that also reminds me of what we watched this week because the best sushi restaurants aren't in the biggest fanciest restaurants; they're in little uh, holes in the wall <laughs> look what looked like part of a subway station yeah it looked like garbage i don't know what it was <laughs> did they ever say the name of his restaurant or you know what i don't even have that is it just giros or is it Giro? I, be- I bet it's just old papa giros <laughs> old papa giros eatery <laughs> um yeah so this is a, a documentary pre 2010 documentary pretty famous about the um i guess he's the oldest michelin uh chef he's a sushi chef sushi chef let's try saying that is his second in command the sushi sushi chef yes dang uh so uh this is one of those things i've been meaning to watch for 10 years because people have been telling me to watch it for 10 years Uh, i think we have a lot more food documentaries now so i think this was just kind of early but it's also interesting um oh it's clearly once I watch this, it's like, oh, this chef's table is just trying to do this. Yeah, I think we have an, a bunch of other Me Too's now, but um, or not, that's not the, the way you use that phrase <laughs> oh, anymore. Oh, man, Cody S. <laughs> Words say about hashtag Me Too. Oh, my God. You'd need to have a woman in the documentary to harass, right? And that doesn't happen, so. That does not happen. <laughs> um, we hear a little bit about his relationship with his kids. Never see the wife. Never see their mom. Kind of creepy, yeah. Kind of creepy. Yeah. Oh, she has to have left, right? Right. I, I think so. He isn't like a person. Like you're not married to anybody. Yeah. You're married to a ghost that gets people's reservations six months in advance. Like, but I don't know what that is. And his kids can't have significant others either, right? Because they're like just as bad, or they're forced to be. I I I like to think they're not quite as bad, but they're you know what? Younger. <laughs> I like to think is that they just don't have a family. Is that they're just like, you know what? Let's not. This desolate isolation. That's the best. Yeah. What was (laughs) crazy to me was the part where he said like he didn't let them go to college. Right. Like it was just like, or didn't one of them go like briefly and then stop? No, no. He just said no. Right. 
Jesus. Yeah. That was insane. Uh, so, it, yeah, it's the story of this old guy in his restaurant and then his two kids. And we basically have to walk through, like, the, the preparation cycle, the training cycle, and the acquisition of resources for the restaurant. And then uh, it's a 30,000 yen restaurant. That's 300 bucks, right? Yeah. That's, like, that's like one milkshake in persona. But in real life, people don't pay <laughs> 30,000 yen for dinner. Um, and so it is priced like a Michelin restaurant, but it's, it's what, five seats in a row and then one seat at the mm-hmm. end? Or, like, eight? It, ten seats. Yeah, and he'll, like, arrange the seating based on who has a reservation, and he makes them specialize the... Like, there's a part where he says he makes the sushi smaller for women because they have smaller mouths. And yeah, like, okay. it's all personalized. They Like, who sits next to... It's like wedding planning, like, for yeah. this ten people. Uh, so his his uh, five attributes of being a good chef. Basically, the documentary is saying, like, why are you so good at this? And what can we learn from it? And he's saying, one of the journalists, I guess, there's a food critic that talks us through this. And they says, you have to actually be good. You have to perform at a high level. You have to aspire the skills to improve. Like, you got to be, like, trying to get better. And then it's mm-hmm. cleanliness. And then impatience. Not patience. The opposite of patience. Impatience. Uh, and then passion. Um, how many of these qualities do we have? Or do you have? <laughs> Uh, impatience. Impatience, got uh, that. Aspire to improve. Yep. Uh, what was the first one? Uh, you have to actually be good. You have to perform at a high level. Ooh, I mean, that's very subjective. Oh, according to Aspire Skills to Improve, that's always a work in progress, right? Yeah, but I think, you know, it's better to, like, also be good. Yeah. Then cleanliness. Um, well, I mean, huh, no, I mean... I just showed Cody around my, my room that I'm in. Did that look clean, cleanly? I, it, yeah. I don't know. I'm oh, gonna... okay. Then, yeah. <laughs> it's a real mixed bag for me. It's like, well, I floss, but I have to pay people to clean my car. So what is that? I don't know. <laughs> I've, I used to not floss, but now I do floss because I, I don't want to go to the dentist, though. So you're flying without a net, but at least you learned how to fly. So that's nice. Yeah. That's how you dentist. I mean, every time I've gone to the dentist, all they say is, well, you look great, but you need a floss. You know cavities, but you need a floss. It's like, okay, well, now I'm flossing, bitch. What up? Yeah, you must be bulletproof then, because the rest of us, it was uh, the world's falling apart, and you are you have teeth disease uh, because you don't floss. And then we floss, and now they say, now your teeth are good. So somehow you were skating by with good teeth without flossing, that you must be inv- invincible now. Um, teeth are, like, largely genetic. Yeah, they are. Is the thing. <laughs> it's not fair at all. Yeah. Uh, it's, okay, so his kids are, like, 50. His son oh, is yeah. 50 years old. He's still not he's allowed like to go He's like 70 something. He's like 70 something, right? Or 80? Yeah. No, yeah, he worked for 75 years, but he worked at like age 8. So it was started like 80 something. He started being a sushi chef. Uh, I will never say sushi chef at uh, uh, 19. At 19. Okay. So yeah, I think he's well into his 80s. He started being a shoku name. What is that? Food person. Shoku is cooking. Nina's person. Cooking person. A literal food person. I guess we're... I shouldn't feel so superior language-wise, because we say, like, fireman. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> fireman. So... Uh, uh, um... I don't know. I can't think of another thing that is... Mailman. Milkman. Oh, my God, Cody. How about milk person? Milk person. <laughs> Isn't every woman a milk woman? Um, okay. <laughs> No. <laughs> I mean, that, no. Let's Trans rights, Cody. Oh, you're right. God damn it. <laughs> I 
already botched the Me Too thing as well. Um, Cody, do I have to cancel you? Hey, audience, Cody's canceled. If I haven't been canceled by now. (laughs) Well, you were canceled the minute you started a Twitch channel. Yeah, that's fair. He stopped going to the market at 70 years old. It was a big thing for him, and now he sends his son. Oh, my God. And you know he is still, like... No, no, show me a picture of the fish. No, send me a picture of the fish on the phone all the time. You know he doesn't trust the just always pinging like, about it. This fish market seemed crazy. Yeah. This isn't, no, the San Jose flea market. Not that that's small, but there's just, I don't know, they cut all the tails off the fish, they lay them on the ground, and, like, the, there's there's two, three stages. There's there's the people that catch the fish, then they auction yeah. them off in this huge, elaborate auction, uh, to the people that then take him to a little stall in a huge room and then sell those fishes to restaurant people, which is the people we're following, right? So there's multiple levels of selection and general assholery that <laughs> need to be in place in order so you get the best fish possible. And I was kind of like, why do they even like go to these fish mongers? Why don't you just go to the fishermen? But then it's like, then you yourself are the one who's looking through all the shit fish. Yeah. And if you're trying to get the best fish, you don't want all the shit fish. Right. And they kind of talk about that. Like, like, we just know how to make it. We don't know how to find it. Like, they they, they talk up the specialization of every person in this pipeline as if, like, they have owned the craft of looking in a fish's asshole seven days a week for 50 years. And they know. I kind of love that. I love the idea of just being a master of your craft and, like being so good at something no one can tell you anything because you're <laughs> too good it's there's something like romantic about that because it's like this back with this like old like grandmaster apprenticeship kind of thing like yeah there's it's romantic as in never achievable because like the things i've spent my time on and gone good at i will never receive money for <laughs> oh probably they got a rice dealer they make high pressure rice I, d- I wanted more of the rice. I yeah. wanted more about how you cook the rice. What They said the rice is hard to cook. Why is it hard to cook? What's up with those starches? What's up with those proteins? What's going yeah. on? Yeah, They don't really teach you how to make anything by watching this, unlike some of the other shows. But it, yeah. it, they said it needed to be higher pressure than normal rice, and so n- no average sushi restaurant could make the rice that they get, but they know how to do it. Sushi is more about the rice than the fish in a lot of places, right? And, and yeah. they didn't really I mean, that. traditionally. Originally, Okay. I mean, and it makes sense, because aside from, like, how you... They they go into the preparation of the fish a little bit, but as far as, like, the skill needed for the preparation, most of the time it's, like, if your fish is good, that part's taken care of. The rice could go either way, depending on uh, what you do to it. You, you can't just eat rice. But yeah. most of sushi is really just eating a fish, like, without much yeah. done to it. They also make, like, octopus and eggs, and those look really yeah. complicated. Oh, my God. The e- the eggs they showed us, the little, they looked like cake. It was so amazing. Yeah. It was really cool. There, there was so much, like, science and chemistry happening there. And the guy said that he had to try it over and over and over again, and finally got one that was, like, half decent. Um, this being Yeah, little- I... So this, these guys spend forever to, like, do it until they get it perfect. And part of me was like, I feel like if you got some... Uh, um, scales, some thermometers, some more like scientific type uh, measuring uh, equipment. This would go a lot easier. <laughs> they're they're too traditional. They're too like out on yeah, a and stump with a samurai sword, like thinking about yeah. the, the squid or the octopus. 
They had to massage yeah. it for 45 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. This, the octopus. That was it. I, I've gotten two massages in my life. I don't think they went 45 minutes, but they went pretty long. And I'll be honest, I didn't know what to do with my brain. Oh, you just chill. What do you mean? You it, just enjoy it's it. It's quiet. I don't have anything to listen to or type. I, I don't know. You got a massage with a uh, friend of the um, show in her own person, my wife, right? You just think about how much pain you're in and you kind of think be like oh, i wish you should go up like a little bit more but i don't want to say anything so I'll just be quiet and <laughs> oh, then you like almost fall asleep i see you you fill the void in your brain with your social anxiety yes okay yeah, okay yeah that i'll never be bored if i'm socially anxious that's a good point maybe a strategy yeah. i should adopt <laughs> i mean well here's the thing about that is yesterday i remember to take my medication good deal uh and so i was less anxious but also more bored oh <laughs> and then i was like am i bored or depressed i don't know <laughs> i can't tell the difference there is a venn diagram there right yeah i mean it's the same thing to me yeah it's like it's you know who's never bored a squirrel you know because they think they're dying all the time <laughs> i think that's somebody else's joke. cody robson's book you know who's never bored a squirrel <laughs> i think that's some comedian i heard because they was just talking because their heartbeat goes like 200 beats a minute and they're just like running around oh my like god cody hashtag assholes. stealing jokes cody's canceled again <laughs> i'm canceled three times oh uh, i'll have to leave twitch where can i go where where's the red pill people they'll take me on we'll take uh, anybody oh my god <laughs> i mean i think it's the whole rest of the internet youtube yeah. um just pick a direction and start twitch. watching yeah, yeah. They don't have red pills on Twitch? That surprises me. No, they do. And once in a while, politics will come up and I'll realize, oh no, the few people that are listening to me, they're not all woke. Oh no. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Let's see, what else do we talk about? Uh, blah, 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 blah. So he grew up, his father took people across the river, he got good money from that, but then they lost it all because he was drinking. Yeah. And then... What? How did they? His father just left, or they got rid of him. Anyways, he was parentless from the age of like nine. It's just a cycle of abuse, right? Like he's a weird, curmudgeonly person married to a ghost that just works and doesn't let his kids go to college or be themselves. Um, and then, of course, it's because his upbringing was crazy terrible. And so, yeah. I wish we had learned a little bit more about the sons to know if like this is still going on or if they are slowly pulling themselves out of. <laughs> the moral of the swap. Yeah, I, it's so interesting. It's like they came in with the storyline they wanted to tell, and that's every step of the process. Yeah. But the storyline that was actually there, they did nothing with, really. They just kind of glanced right. at it. Who was this and may, Yeah, and maybe the thing with the kids, it might be something like you don't want to dishonor your father and talk about bad parts of him. Of course, yeah. When you... I mean, a Japanese culture just don't, don't, don't just parents. Always good. Always good. Right. There's a lot of nervous laughter in this every time he has to yeah. point out that he's an asshole or in the past was an asshole. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And everyone That's in the true. room goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's interesting, but then also like if that is how you're treated as a child, I can also see all realistically the only way you can see of like loving your children is to give them something the one thing that's like been good for you in your life right so yeah his father threw away work didn't have it couldn't support them and so he went the opposite direction and said i will be the best at what i do and i will make my children into 
as good as me at this thing. And then it, it makes sense, but oh man. I, and you know, the other thing that I was a little bit um, disappointed on, so it's called Jiro Dreams of Sushi, and they t- he talks about having dreams about it, but they really didn't go into his emotional connection to the yeah, food. not at all. Like... I wanted, I wanted like a, a dream map of what he, yeah. when and what, how he dreamed of the sushi, and like some like trippy concept art or whatever and, going on. And they like kind of he talks about like tuna when the tuna's good, he feels great. Um, just like really vague, but not like like looking at chef's table. They go way into how that relates to the chef's like emotional life yeah. journey they their childhood how they grew up and like food is a present every part of that storyline yeah and there's a, they really talk didn't about get like, a lot of like that. a spiritual thing yeah so i think i think the modern takes on these shows do better kind of thematic storytelling of why the food's important to all the points yeah. of it or they go on documentary style like bourdain where it's like well this food's this thing but let's talk about uh, uh israel and palestine that's going outside you know <laughs> um, yeah this was this was a little bit more like we have no idea how sushi's made so that's interesting but then after that uh, it seems like the the genre has pushed this kind of forward yeah and i mean can we be honest there's not a lot to say about this movie yeah i guess not um um what else did I have? They in? talk about the training. That uh, that part I actually liked. I was, like, learning how to get trained on how to do stuff. Um, how to smack a seaweed and put it over yeah, a flame. Yeah, how do you smack that seaweed? <laughs> that part blew my mind. And that, I was like, I sh- should be doing that every time I use seaweed. <laughs> You're just toasting it. Yeah, Why not? that makes sense. Um, they have a part where a guy comes in. I couldn't tell if he, like, knew where he was or if he was just, like, some loser but he's this dude who came all the way from shizuoka which is a faraway place he had to have used a bullet train i probably if it's that far and he's like okay it's 300 dollars. okay you need reservations okay and just sushi no sake no appetizers okay yeah it was that was so awkward he was shut down financially scheduling wise (laughs) and in contents uh, provided and he was still like well i'll be back (laughs) yeah so, have you ever done the actual sit at the bar and eat sushi from a sushi chef? Um, no, I've done like sushi boat stuff, which I love. There sushi. is a pacing to the boats, at least. I this feels like my nightmare for yeah. Every time I eat normally, people are pointing out that I'm not eating enough or fast enough or whatever. And now, not only that, but the person is preparing food at a pace that needs to be delivered to you timely, and they need to wait for your dumbass to eat it while they watch you. Yeah, I hate the idea of the person who made the food watching me eat their food. Yes. And I feel that another social anxiety. Like, I can't just enjoy it. I hate that. Now you're performing, kind of, right? Like, yes. It's, it's worse than just being out with people. Like, now it's you're putting on a show of enjoyment for the person that made it. Um, I think maybe... I don't know. It might be a Japanese thing where, like, hierarchy is so embedded in the culture that, like, when you go into a restaurant, the fact that you are the superior air quotes is like you know feels natural because you know in japanese society your place on the totem pole moves all the time depending on who you're dealing with right so what you're saying the the chef is at the highest or the customer is i mean i think the idea is the customer right but then people say they get nervous so clearly 
they get nervous with him. Right. So clearly they feel like he is the one who's at the top of the totem pole there. Right. Like his official capacity, he's serving you, but yes. he's the one that's a big deal. You're the one paying $300. Like, you're, you're kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd, I, I, I kind of want to do it just to know that I did it. Um, just eat at a, at a sushi bar table with the guy. But oh, yeah. I think at a regular sushi bar, I'd be fun but... i i don't think it would be fun but i just want to i want to know what it is you know it seems like the opposite of everything i care about <laughs> i could i could go in like just give me three nigiri or maybe a little bit more than that i thought that one of the bigger deals was to not order and just they just make whatever they wanted to make i don't to you, right because it's all i don't think that's how most of those um work though oh okay that's like a special thing for uh, I think sometimes they do that, but sometimes, yeah, because he said they create a set menu. Right. Okay. But there are other ones where you go in and you say, I would like this, and they make it and they hand it to you. That, that was the other thing about this was this restaurant goes really fast. I don't know if they actually gave us like a time period, but they said based on how fast it's served, the the amount of money you pay per like minute you spend with this meal it has to be one of the most expensive restaurants in the world. Yeah. That, that part of me is like, if I I've never been to a fancy Michelin restaurant, but if I did, I'd want to take my fucking time. Yeah, they take forever, and it's amazing. Like, it's <laughs> that's part of the fun is you're going to be there for three hours and never be bored. Yeah. Uh, and if this place, you're done in like 31 minutes or something, it'd just be like, dang, and I went $300. Guess I'll go home and lay down, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But there's no way you're eating enough food to feel tired, though. Yeah, yeah. Um. Let's see. They talk about how the younger brother had to, like, make his own branch because the older brother has to inherit his dad's, which means he has to, like, be at the original restaurant just until dad, like, dies or gets out of the way. They basically set up that he's never going to retire. So, yeah, he's basically until he dies. And, of course, very famously, Japanese people... Is this motherfucker still alive? Sorry? I said, is this motherfucker still alive? (laughs) Yeah, uh, so what we would think of as, like, the more successful thing would be to go start your own restaurant at age 47 or something. Um, And apparently it's really good, too, but it doesn't charge quite as much because there's a lot of, like, prestige, maybe, but... um, Um, It's it's because he says he doesn't have enough as much skill as his dad, so he just can't charge as much, but then people do feel more relaxed there. Yeah, it seemed like a better experience. It'd be amazing if he, they just went like a completely different direction and it was like Chili's or something, but then it was also like really high regarded and <laughs> got like, <laughs> I would love that. That would that is the ideal there, actually. Um also Onojiro is still alive. He's still alive? Is he still active? The word retire does not show up on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> okay. What about deceased? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's still kicking. He is 93, though. Wow. You think Guy Fieri ever went to Giro's on Diners, Drive-Ins, Dives? I would love that. Oh, wait. Here's the Giro Dreams of Sushi follow-up you've been waiting for. Giro's cremated with sushi? What do we... Okay, there's a thing that mentions his retirement. So we did it. But it doesn't say if he... Wait, wait, wait. Oh, no. It has questions about his retirement. Okay, no. I think he's still doing it. Dang. His disciple retired. <laughs> the people that have worked for him have retired before. He yeah. Did. That's wonderful. Yeah, I don't know. There's a part where he goes to, like, uh, this retreat-type-looking area, and he gets food, and he has some old friends. 
Oh, yeah, and, he, like, went home for the first time in, like, 20 years or some shit. Yeah, um, there are women there, but none of them are his wife. <laughs> yeah. They're just, some, like, old friends. Yeah, I don't know where she is. She clearly doesn't want to be on record. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of like, um, like, there was that, uh, Ozzy Osbourne uh, reality show, and then, like, I learned that, like, he has more there than two There was a secret kids. kid. Yes. Yeah, and it was, they were just, like, past. And so it was effectively I like love they were that. erased from history. Oh, that that's what Justice Smith has been doing. The oh, there's, a, there's another finally... Smith child? Yeah, he's in Detective Pikachu. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, he's not that secret then, but okay. But he doesn't... But he had been secret. He uh, had been secret. Yeah. Can he act? I don't know. It's, didn't it's stop hard his brother. To... Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> All the people involved, when they went to the chain of, like, the... Him, the chef the food editor, the people, the fishmongers, and it's all people at the top of their craft, but also all dudes, and it just yeah. reminded me how, like, this idea of, like, in Japan, a lot of the media that talks about, like, oh, go achieve your dreams is, like, specifically targeted at boys. Right. I mean, if you look at Shonen Shoujo, Shonen, like, he, in My Hero Academia, you just, main character starts as a clear intention. Yeah. And the idea is they're going to get there by the end of the series. Um, Shoujo, the main character starts off either just trying to find some dick. They just want to find some dick <laughs> or they will have dick found finding them. Um, yeah. So, Jesus. Like, I, yeah. If I think of, like, Japanese chef, I can't even picture what a female chef looks like. Because well, I don't know if I've ever seen one. So when they sh- they had like a picture of a bunch of Japanese chefs with Michelin uh, plaques, and there was a woman. Okay, cool. My That's guess good. is that she probably um, runs. At, I want to say an isekaya, like probably like one of those places where you go where you have like your spa and you're making like traditional Japanese food uh. that aren't sushi. Yeah, I-, I watched like a mini doc on like a female sushi chef in Hokkaido. Um, and, like, she did talk about, like, people saying that you can't do it because this is a man's job. It's so weird because, like, if, if you were to go all, like, Jordan Peterson bio-truths, the one thing they give women is, like, they're more dexterous with their hands. They should be better surgeons. Like, yeah, shouldn't yeah. they be making oh, the sushi? <laughs> oh, my God. The sexism, like, almost worldwide with cooking. Because yeah. people always, like, talk about their food. Their mom's made from them. Oh, mom's got to make the food. But then when you come to, like, getting money for that shit, yeah. it's always dudes. But then, thank God for, thank God, Chopped has given us the world of chef lesbians. (laughs) God bless. Chopped is so great. Yeah, that's something I always like. Really, just (sighs) commerce is weird. Capital hashtag late stage capitalism. (laughs) Is there is there some overlap between like jobs associated with like cocaine and men keeping women out? Because like the the way that like oh. Any job that, like... like, High-powered, like, lawyers and, like, like stockbrokers and all these, like... You're online for 14 hours and you never sit down. It's, like, none of those places let women in until, like, 1997. Um, yeah, I think any place where the idea of substance abuse is, like, very... Like, oh, if you're drinking a lot or if you're using drugs, if that's, like, common and chill, I think women don't go towards it because when you live in the world as a woman, the idea of that doesn't just mean like oh you're having fun it means you could also be putting yourself in danger right it's so, even more dangerous to be around these awful men when they're yeah <laughs> jesus Christ. yeah so you 
partaking or them partaking, both of them could fuck you over. Both bad, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, she's crazy. And then, <laughs> like, you get fucking suckered into, like, child care. And then it's like, you gotta, like, kids. And it's like, no, bad. Wait, what? If you are in the workforce, let's say you don't have a lot of skills, the easiest thing for you to find is going to be childcare. Right, sure. Yeah. yeah. Like fulfilling the traditional roles that were already established and blah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, life sucks. <laughs> and honestly, part of why, like, I think being a, a stay-at-home mom is still, like, such a... For women in Japan, still, like, such an option is because it is still so bad in, like, work environments. Right. So it's like... There's only one dude you have to like keep on t- like keep track of with <laughs> There's your, only one your person mom. to deal with. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if it's this guy, he's not even home. Like he's just a ghost. Like Oh, oh my god, the story about um the kid be like, "Mom, there's a stranger in the house." Yeah, then nervous that laughter. That was crazy. <laughs> I also like the kid's story about um the Coca-Cola can. What one was that? They, they finally saved enough enough money to get a can of Coca-Cola. And they used to have old syrup at the bottom, yeah. So they shook it up when they opened oh, it. Oh yeah, that was Jiro. Right like that was him growing up, right? And that was how poor no, they... no, that was his kid. Oh, that was how poor they were before Jiro made it big. Yeah. Ah, uh, damn. Yeah, being a a chef person, unless you like are the owner of the, it's crazy because you can own like a not good restaurant, but like still make tons of money, or you could be an amazing chef but still get very little money. Yeah. And the hour is not good. It's also the opposite. It could be one of the most famous ways to lose a ton of money is to think you can open a restaurant. But that's usually not the chef. That's usually just somebody that had money and it says, I like to eat. I could run this. I remember reading Anthony Bourdain's book. He talked about how hard it is to open a restaurant, but he never talked about like what actually would help you open a restaurant. Yeah, right. Like, who's your CBA? Like, what? How would how would you recommend this happen? I mean, I guess you have to, like, know the area. You have to have business skills, and you have to, like, know food culture and have connections to get resources. Like, uh, so you can't just start in the biz. You have to, like, know where you're going to get your produce from, where you're going to get your meats from. Right. You can't just go to Safeway and be like, hey, I'm opening yeah. a restaurant. I'll be back at 4 a.m. tomorrow to pick up all my food. Working at a restaurant seems like the worst job in the world because it, it combines all the aspects of retail, long hours, standing on your feet, uh, hot surfaces, and sharp objects. So it's everything I'm yeah. scared of and I hate all at once. Yeah, I, I wish when I was younger I worked in a restaurant, worked in a kitchen environment because I love cooking. But I was kind of kind of knew, like, I'm too, I'm too anxious to do that. <laughs> I can't have people yelling at me to get things done right now. Right. Making mistakes needs to be okay in my life. Otherwise, I'll get really nervous. So, Yeah. I don't like... Everyone wants you to work in a fast-paced environment. No one is okay with... Are you good at working in a slow-paced environment? <laughs> How Great. chill are you? Really? <laughs> we can't have one of those yeah. fast-paced cokeheads running around telling us to be more efficient. I guess if I knew anything about weed, that would help me. Oh, you can work at a dispensary, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know anything about weed. I am, yeah, just 10,000 hours. <laughs> and I honestly don't really like weed that much. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I was just at It keeps our, you from our, getting shit done. Our drugstore today. Uh, and everyone's like, 
making small talk with me. And I'm like, what is this? Like the happiest retail environment ever? <laughs> I'm just trying to get out of here. I'm old. I'm, I literally told one of them, I'm in my 30s. Thir- like, they're like, oh, how much of this are you going to smoke tonight? I'm like, I don't, I'm in my 30s. I, not much. <laughs> I love that. And they were just being friendly. And they, all, they thought that was funny. But I was just like, how many times do they sell somebody like an ounce? And that person goes, man, I'm going to smoke the fuck out of this when I get home. And it's like, that's Bleah. that's probably pretty fun for them. And if you're, you're going to work retail, like, I'll take that over most things. Yeah. Like, like, I like drinking, but, like, a bartender seems awful because you're a therapist and these people are awful and abusive and sloppy and there's liquids involved. And, like, it's the details much worse than being a bartender. Yeah, what? There are no good jobs. That's what <laughs> so we're learning. I would love a Jiro Dreams of Sushi about someone that works at a weed store. And, like, how they cultivate... Because you have the whole growing of it and then, like, the pruning and the, the horticulture. I want to say that um, Murder Mountain, they talk about, like, a weed growing but Murder it's also involved yeah because it's also involved with crimes <laughs> true crimes chill drugs yeah people get like the idea of like drug cartels being involved with marijuana is insane yeah i mean that's all our fault because we treated marijuana like a drug when it wasn't like yeah drug, it, right like there was cartels involved with liquor in prohibition but there's no reason this had to make any like if sudafed was a schedule a narcotic and you still needed it to not get a cold as bad then you would be dealing with drug cartels for sudafed <laughs> actually you can't buy sudafed anymore so it is kind of bad isn't it i mean you you just need to get it from the case you need to show an id yeah oh. um what what sudafed i guess you could do dayquil instead but then you, i think some places you still need to have an id yeah dayquil anything that you can like like distill down into like its basic elements let's then, like, say you're Six, you're a child, and you need to go get cold medication. How the fuck do you do that? I don't know. Let's say your parent is, like, barely in your life, and you have a sickness, and you're trying to take care of it, because you're probably also taking care of your sibling. Real tragic shit here. How <laughs> the fuck do you do that? I got it, I got it. You you go buy ten boxes of those Disney's Frozen uh, Kleenexes that have like the cold chemical on them that feel cold mm. on your nose, and then you, you put them all into a pot with water and you boil it, and then you boil the water down. So all that's left is the frozen uh, chemical from Disney, and then you put that into gel caps and eat it. But I'm pretty sure the frozen it just makes your nose feel better. It doesn't treat your cold. Look, I I'm going on faith here. The, these are my favorite <laughs> things when I have a cold. There must be something useful about it. Maybe it makes your insides cold. Maybe that's what you want. Maybe because you're inflamed, you know? You gotta, like, <laughs> blood vessels gotta get smaller or bigger. I, 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 I'm into that. We need to watch cells that work again. <laughs> that was adorable, wasn't it? I, I, at the time, I enjoyed it, but I, I really think back fondly on cells that work, just image-wise and spirit-wise. <laughs> so fun. Uh, that, that was the most positive representation of children as platelets. Oh my uh, god. In any media, real life, anything. Story, the Christmas card, I'm always just like, yeah, but they're still a kid, and then it sells at work. I'm like, oh, the little kids. The little kids. The little hats. It's crazy actually finding kids cute sometimes, and you're like, oh, I won't be suckered by that magic. I ain't <laughs> no fool. Do you ever get that? Do you ever feel like yeah. there's some biological urge in you that's like, sometimes you love like, this. kids are cute. I No, it's not like a biology thing. Sometimes kids are just like I'll be straight up the the kid who touched Amy for before yeah. I knew he touched her I was like yeah it's cute kid having fun why not yeah yeah he's not being too annoying sure <laughs> uh but then I, when I learned he had been too annoying I was like the devil 
<laughs> now so he really, can die. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing to get at a sushi restaurant? I love all the little things. Uh, that's what I did at this last restaurant. Right? I, I get like, miso soup, edamame, pot stickers. Like only one to two rolls because I'm pretty fucking full at this point. Uh, and oh, um, we didn't get it this time, but there's the deep fried tofu that's like 100 million degrees. Um, that eventually will cool oh, down. Oh, agadashi. Agadashi, yeah. I love it. Something like that. It's so good. Yeah, so I, I mostly like just to have like a huge amount of clutter and mess in front of me and then eat like a little bit of like nine things. Um, tapas. Yeah, it's, tapas. it is tapas. It's totally tapas. And then otherwise, um, and this was their their signature roll at this restaurant was a spicy tuna roll that had a little bit of kind of that thousand island dressing mayo sauce or whatever uh just kind of they didn't say it was just like special sauce i don't know you know it's not that different from mayo and ketchup and everything mixed together because every culture has mayo and ketchup mixed together that makes it i wanted to ask what is this actually like what's going on what's the actual thing this is yeah that's got to be a secret it's it's named after the restaurant like they're not gonna yeah give you their big mac recipe but it's definitely just like some japanese sauce that you can't get at safeway it's definitely just like ponzu or something right right uh, so anyway, I, I like that, and I and I don't know what's what's yours. Did you was it the squid? Um, or what'd you get? Oh, I gotta go with eel. I love eel. octopus. I love a weird texture, but eel is just so satisfying. It kind of has the texture of like poultry, but then it's fatty, and then it has like skin like fish, and it's it's just weird and interesting and varied. And then you have that sweet, savory sauce on it. What, um, what is an eel? Is it a fish? Like, it's not a reptile, right? I think right? it's technically a fish. It is a fish. It's I never even gills. thought about it. I'm like, what the fuck? It's a tube. Like, it's... Weird fish. It's a streamlined octopus. Octopus yeah. has too many ideas, and eel was just like, no, one thing, do it well. What What do you mean? I think, well, texture-wise, eel does lots of things different. No, I just mean as an animal. It's like, the oh. simple thing. It could, it's a straight line. And it, Octopuses <laughs> aren't simple. Octopuses are smart as hell. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is octopus just doing too many things? It's too, oh, oh, it's too oh! Big I got it mixed up. I got it mixed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Octopus is an Etsy store, and an octopus eel smart. is an Amazon assembly line. <laughs> yes, octopus smart, eel dumb. Very true. Uh, <laughs> you know what? To quote John Waters, sometimes dumb and cute is enough. And for for this oh, queer, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was supposed to try some of yours while I was there, and I think I got away without doing it. Yeah, I don't think you did. I think I got the hard sell from both you and Amy. Like, well, you're going to have to do it. It's like you're just like a little kid making me eat my green beans or some shit. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then like, it's I so I, I feel like there. I don't know. How do you like what? It, do you like varied textures? No, it's OK. So you might not terrifying like it. textures. It's also kind of chewy, right? A little bit. Hate that. Why don't you like textures? <laughs> There's the deep fried calamari. What's that? Um, that's not even Japanese. Not even Japanese. Shit. Okay. Well, I've had that, and I didn't like it. So maybe I'm letting that taint my uh, version of this. It, there, it's so it's chewy, but it's not like octopus, where it's like this very. It's not like protein chewy. It's fatty chewy. Okay. Okay. It's kind of like bristle. More to me. It's like it kind of has, you know how, like a, It's just like really fatty. But then, but a fish. Yeah, I guess that's maybe an area I'm not used to to put. I I know fatty steak, right? But like fish and fat, I don't really know how to. Yeah, no, it's good. I will, um, I will try the fattiest tuna I can find the next time I go out for sushi. And then if I like that, then I'll try this thing. 
Uh, oh, he talked about the fatty tuna. Oh, that's right. He talked about people like fatty tuna now, but lean tuna has a deeper flavor. And then I noted that it's crazy how in America we only have lean tuna. Yeah. So, But then it, is... I watched another Netflix series, Adam Ruins Everything, and they had one about restaurants, and they talked about how most tuna isn't even tuna. What the fuck so is even it? it? It's like other fish. It's like Imitation trash crab? fish. <laughs> no, so when they sell you fish at a restaurant, they might call it something. It's not that fish, but it's basically that fish, because fish aren't that different texture-wise. Wow. That still feels wrong, but yeah, I guess It's so. still like a big... It, like Part of me feels like, just tell me what fish it is. I'll eat it. Right. I don't care what the name is. If the texture's right, I'll eat it. But I know there are plenty of people in this world who don't feel that way, who are dum dums, who need it to be tuna. They don't know, even know that it's not tuna. And right. for that, I say, if you still need to sell your product, fine, fine. Well, what, what's the McDonald's approach? Is you just call it fish, and there is no no one has ever questioned what's an official fillet of fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I assume it's kind of like imitation crab where you get lots of little fish, like some, I don't yeah. know, where you're getting krill, you a just like... full of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, make make a fish product. It's fish adjacent. Oh, the one thing they said that was cool is that it takes 10 years for um, those tuna to get that big, and they were... Yes! They were bigger than my cat, Giant. like those things were huge. Uh, I keep saying, uh, there's, there's a lot of establishing shots, okay, I, I watched football... It's not one of my better qualities. Um, whenever they're at, well, there's a football game and they, they put it on TV, there's establishing shots of local businesses and people working in them being happy. This is just something they do in every city. Any Pacific Northwest or Pacific Northeast city, you, you inevitably get a nice 20-second shot of the fish people throwing the fish from one side to the I other. I love it. it seems I like, love pe- seeing people throw fish. Yeah, this is huge in Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks games, but... Uh, these fish would probably weigh 500 pounds. Like, you could not... You needed a, a, a forklift platter to move these things. Um, and then after that, they showed all the uh, the hundreds and hundreds of styrofoam containers. And it, it was like a 1980s amount of styrofoam containers. <laughs> it was like, I guess yeah. that is how you transport uh, uh, fish. I guess they, we haven't found a new sort of Amazon bag to put them in yet. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I think it's environment protective. <laughs> They yeah. talked about that the overfishing has been a problem. Because if they catch all the little fish, they won't have 10 years to be yeah. big fish. And then what do you got? A bunch of little fishes? the fuck out of here. But then I'm kind of like, you know, then make sushi with other fish. Because pl- clearly those other trash fish are still around. And it's like, you can... <laughs> just because all fish is good. You can still slap them a bunch of times and massage them for 45 minutes and put them yeah. over the fire. And <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. Because... When you are at that level of cooking, you clearly has like standards. You would want the tuna to be high quality tuna, right. but also there are plenty of like Michelin chefs who are like we're making a simple thing with a thing that people don't like, and voila, now people like it because we said they need to like it, and just attach a price tag to it, and then people <laughs> think that yes, this is good, and it's not that. Michelin chefs don't have that skill, but it's also that's just how capitalism works. Hashtag late stage capitalism. It's also how chopped works. It's like here's a bunch of crap yeah. that should taste terrible, and you're like, all right, chef magic tastes great now. So then, how come we need to be so picky about our ingredients? Yeah, but but you know, I will say I I've been trying to figure out food that I could cook on my own, hmm. mostly because there's no restaurants around. 
again, everything takes 20 minutes to get to. I don't know if I mentioned that in this. <laughs> early, early review of the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, everything takes 20 minutes to get to. That means a 40-minute drive there and back. I, I can't deal. Okay. You, yeah, I guess, I guess you, you were pretty close to the places you've been commuting to the last few years. Yeah, and I, I want that life. I want to figure out how what I need to do to carve out that same life for me in the greater Los Angeles area. Right, yes, definitely. But also that might not happen because that's just... Big cities hate you, and they want to kill you, and they want to destroy you. <laughs> and you have to be stronger than everything, and you have to not care about suffering for years <laughs> on end. When I say suffering, I mean minorly inconvenienced on a daily basis but then having enough of social anxiety to feel like you're dying inside. Jesus. <laughs> but you need the social anxiety because that's what's going to push you. That's the motivation, yeah. Beyond, that's what's going to push you to A, be as good as you can be at the things you do. Yep. But mostly B, be on time to things. <laughs> it's time for Fair Corner. Oh, does that mean Fanny went with you? That's just another friend yes. loss. <laughs> um, I have a mini condo set up in my room in the one corner of free available space. Uh, we got Terry, <laughs> the the tirade Tyrannosaurus we all recall, new edition. It was my tirades too, so it's kind of crazy that he went with you. But well, he just presides over it. You know, they're more like master of ceremonies. Right, right. They have stations. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, so they're anyway. actually looking for some, like, speaking gigs down here. <laughs> That's where you gotta go. Uh, is <laughs> a fan corner? Uh, yes. <laughs> Cody, who's listening to us? Uh, we got a comment on the website um, from someone whose name is in Japanese, and I, I don't know what it does, but Google Translate is calling them Rao. R-A-O-W, so I hope that's correct. Uh, and they left a, a comment on episode 50, which was... Um, the Fist of the North Star episode. Uh, and like the tale of so many things that we do, uh, if it's a movie that sucked, it's because the anime was good. If it's an anime that sucked, it's because the manga was good. Well, this was a movie, uh, an anime, and a manga, so of course uh, they have a pretty full-throated defense of how the original stuff was good and well-motivated and done well, and this was a shitty dub movie that shouldn't have been made. Uh, and basically they're saying, look, this episode's two years old, but this wanted to, to stick up for the thing they like, and that's cool. Uh, so, uh, thanks for, for that. Um, um, I like really understand the impetus to like say, no, you have to meet this work at its best. But I also think like there's a thing of anime, it's like defensive, we, like anime, the fans of anime just can't just let something be not amazing. <laughs> right. Um, I and think that's true of like a lot of nerd culture too, right? Yeah, I think the thing with Fist of the North Story is like it's just a dude bro thing, and I mean I don't know. I guess I haven't like read the manga, but I've <sighs> reading the manga is always going to be more satisfying experience because you, the consumer of the content, are doing more mental work, so it's more. Uh, yeah, you're contributing narratively on your own imagination, and also you're investing in it with your time and energy, so it's more important yeah. to be good, right? Yeah, books. Yeah. They do that shit to you. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Maybe I don't. I can't speak the veracity of this, and I don't want to say Rao was wrong because they're no, probably not wrong. Wrote in. <laughs> Please send us more comments on anything yeah. else that we got wrong. We want to get the, the only thing I can tell you, Rao, is that we're not going to go back and unwatch it because honestly, I feel like we had I had plenty of fun watching the shitty job. <laughs> yeah, 
if you think about like a dumb action movie, like it's only bigger and dumber yeah. when it's dubbed in a movie form. So it, it definitely was enjoyable, but sure, it, it wasn't maybe serious, and that's maybe what yeah. the original was. Um, and so, yeah, fair enough. I will say this. I feel like most of our critiques of media is about how they portray gender, and no form of the manga anime movie is ever better on that. Right. Definitely not. They're like, we have no time for equality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tight script of writing our time. <laughs> um, Zelda fan inter. Who's our most listening to City? Our most listening to City is Logan, Utah, home uh, of Utah State University. Logan, Logan's Run. Um, <laughs> the one good X Men movie from the last time. Yeah. I, I can't. I never saw that movie, but I just know they had the one guy who looked like an even buffer liquid snake. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't remember actually at all. I just remember an old Patrick Stewart. And, uh, they have that Metal Gear Solid movie like in the works, and I don't yeah. want to see it, but I do want to see who would play liquid. That's all I want. Right. You don't think it would just be a CG enhanced um, guy that's playing Solid Snake? What's his name? Oscar Isaac? I mean, I guess they're... Twins. they're they're Kinda? twins, but one's blonde and British. So they have to be different. <laughs> one of them's not sexier. Like, <laughs> yeah, one of them is like has a coat and doesn't wear a shirt. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's liquid versus solid. It's your classic tits versus ass conversation. <laughs> and you want them both. <laughs> I am the paying public. I deserve <laughs> them both. <laughs> uh, can't um, wait. I don't. God what, bless what are you Koji, more hyped for? Uh, Metal Gear movie. Sonic movie, Detective Pikachu. Oh my god. Oscar um, Isaac, Ryan Sonic Reynolds. Sonic movie, because I think there's going to be so much weirdness that comes out of it. They all seem completely off the rails, right, already. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting year of cinema. And you're going to be right there in the greater Los Angeles area. <laughs> You'll be seeing billboards of fucking Sonic. Like, oh my god. When you're on your 25-minute commute. <laughs> He looks so ugly. It looks awful. And I was defending the Pikachu Pokemon renderings. I'm like, yeah, they look dumb, but it's fine. And I saw that Sonic, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> my thing with the Pokemon renderings is like, why did you have to give them fur? You keep it simple. Yeah. Just make them shapes. It can't be grimy unless they're fur. Unless it's Ugh. dirty. Can't have a detective. Well, actually, my biggest thing... It wasn't even the presence of fur, it was that they gave him longer fur. I feel like a Pikachu would be very short hair. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so I know the fuck they think. <laughs> they really build a beardum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks for listening, Utah. We yeah. Love you. And get back to it's, midterms are coming up. Get back to studying. Oh, yeah. GPA, more like GPA. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is Ben. And me and French power. I've been Courtney. I've been Cody. Uh, bye, Jojo. <laughs> bye, Jojo. Hey, everyone. Want to thank you so much for listening. And also, really quickly, want to credit Kevin McLeod for our music, Delightful D. I hope it was delightful, everyone. Also, if we're so lucky as to have this on iTunes, please rate and review. I assume you listen to other podcasts, so you should know it helps a lot. And if you don't, it helps a lot. I love you so much.